What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Arnie's, your last one of the year. We are three professional award givers, and I'm Matt Johnson. And I gotta say, I am crushed, everybody, because I was hoping that I could nominate Craven the Hunter for every award this year, but I got pushed until 2024, and I'm just so sad. I'm Keith Baker, and I'm really sad you guys didn't get to see Shia LaBeouf return in Indiana Jones 5. And I'm Austin Terry. And I gotta know, did any movie actually make money this year? On today's show, it is our last episode of the year, and that means it is time to reflect on what a year 2023 has been. And if you've tuned in to our episodes each and every week, you know that we end each episode with the Arnie's Podcast Awards. And that's what we do, where we take something positive, negative, or something in between from the thing that we're talking about and just give an award to it. But now we're going to do an entire episode focused on that. We've done it every year since we started this podcast. And so I'm very excited because we have some returning awards, some new surprising favorites. We're going to do the serious ones, too, of course. You know, we're going to do the best movies, the worst stuff, the best TV shows, all that good shit. But it's just our big award show to end the year, guys. I'm excited. I always love this episode. We always have a good time. How are you guys feeling? I'm super excited. I think when you look back on the year, you know, this is our fourth annual R Academy Awards, Crazy. and this is the year, 2023, where I think we actually covered more TV than movies this year, because mm. movies were kind of hit or miss, and we're all kind of making that calculation these days of like, do we actually want to go out to theaters to see some of this stuff? And True. for a lot of each week, that answer was no. So we did not go to the <laughs> theaters a lot this year, uh, but TV was great this year. We've got a lot of hit shows to talk about. Yeah, I'm excited for this awards too. Uh, looking back on our our year and all the episodes we did, I was kind of with you, Austin. I was kind of surprised of like just the the lack of movies there was that came out this year. I, and a lot of like 2022 movies, I was like, oh yeah, we're going to get talked about this, talk about that movie. I was like, wait, that was 2022. Like the, those movies kind of just blurred into 2023. And that is a great tease, Keith, because we do have a new award category this year and it is the most forgettable movie because yes. a lot of movies came out this year that it's like oh wow that was this year that did come yeah. out that's right exactly so what a great award to give out um but yeah overall i'm excited to give out some funny ones some serious ones i want to see which movies which tv which characters are gonna uh come out on top absolutely because we've each submitted our own categories and the rest of us would kind of fill out each with our own personal nominees so today we're going to go through each category one by one, present our own nominees, and talk through what we think should win it all. So it's going to be a little bit of a debate. So if you like our bracket format, you're going to get a little bit of that mixed in here, which will be fun. There will be spoilers, I guess, technically. Uh, we do a good job about warning you guys uh, in our individual episodes about that. So if you're kind of nervous about spoilers, if you're like trying to catch up in 2023 movie and TV-wise... Go back and check out the things you want to see, then coming back to this episode. If anybody in our audience is kind of at home on PTO trying to get caught up on some shows, should we maybe go around and give one show recommendation to binge while you're on holiday break? Oh, okay. We could do that. I'll kick us off. I'll give you something happy to go binge. I, I would say go watch Shrinking over on Apple TV. It's a quick little binge. It's got a great cast. It'll leave you feeling good by the end of it. Um, and it's just an all around enjoyable watch. One I guess I'll go ahead and recommend, I got to, would be Silo. Very original concept, I would say, as far as sci-fi goes. The acting is phenomenal. Characters are so cool. Uh, can't wait for season two to come out, so go check it out. 
also another Apple TV show. And it's like I always say, Tim Cook, if you're listening, we will sell out. We have no shame. We will become an Apple TV only podcast. <laughs> That's very true. That's right. And while I do want to stay on the Apple and Tim Cook train, I have to recommend something from HBO, a.k.a. not HBO Max anymore, but just Max, because my friend Austin kept hounding me to watch this one. And I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? That's not going to be good. And then I finally watched it and he proved me wrong. It, he told me it was one of his favorites of the year. And that is Blue Beetle, everybody. You guys got to go check this <laughs> oh my out. God. <laughs> um, he keeps talking about it. I think you're going to love this one. So if you need a quick little recommendation, a fun night, go watch this because my friend Austin loves it. Yeah, wait till we see what category I nominated that for this year. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome to the 2023 Arn Academy Awards. It's official. Again, remember, your final warning, you might get some spoilers going forward in our next categories here, but we're not going to hold back. We're going to have some fun. Our first award of the night, we're not going to hold back. We're going to do a fun one, a big one. You know, the Oscars, they save the performances till the end. We're doing best performance right up top, guys. So let's do this. It's the Arn Academy Awards for best performance. Let's start us off. The nominees are Jason Siegel, Shrinking, Dar Salem, The Covenant, and Bruce Greenwood, The Fall of the House of Usher. All right. So I nominated Jason Siegel uh, for Shrinking, and I, I was kind of blown away with his performance in Shrinking, looking back on the year. We have seen him always be a great comedic actor, and, and every now and then you see him kind of get to his emotional center looking at shows like How I Met Your Mother and things like that. But I think with him carrying like a, a big budget TV show among a bunch of other A-listers, I was blown away at how well he handled that show and had to play um, the grieving spouse and like took us along on that journey with him. So I was really blown away with Jason Siegel's performance this year. I nominated Doris Salem in The Covenant. Acted alongside uh, Jake Gyllenhaal in this. I think them two together, they had great chemistry. Yeah, man. I, I think his performance for me was like more, it's something you could kind of say was like more behind the eyes. He didn't have like a whole lot of lines, but you could just see the pain in him and everything he was doing, whether he had to uh, chuck Jake Gyllenhaal's body across the desert, up these mountains, or whenever he's having to interpret and kind of go undercover and, and hide his family. It was just, it was insane. Um, I just, he was just so believable as that character. Uh, so definitely wanted to recommend him for that. Two great nominations. Um, I think the reason I went with Bruce Greenwood from uh, House of Usher is because he's like kind of the main character. He's the main POV. He's the narrator of the entire show. And he knocked it out of the park. I mean, we had an entire conversation on our episode about like, so would you guys consider this guy a hero? Is he evil? Is he a tragic hero? Is he a sad character? What would you guys consider him? And like we went on like a whole tangent about how throughout various points of the show, he fit into each of those categories. Yeah, I I really do think it's because Bruce Greenwood just knocked out of the park. I mean, he's a great character on his own. He's a great narrator. And most of the show that he's like present, he's just kind of sitting on a couch, like retelling his story. And it's that like engrossing. So I had to I had to nominate him because he's surrounded by such a great cast, but somehow he stood out as the main highlight to me. I think it's interesting, though, with all three of these nominees, 
all of them are surrounded by great casts and yeah. stand out. Darcelim, I did, I do think he did outperform Jake Gyllenhaal as, as good as Jake Gyllenhaal was in that movie. And Jason Segel is outperforming fucking Harrison Ford in his show. So. <laughs> True. True. Yeah. I don't know. Are y'all leaning any certain way yet? Yeah, it's tough for me. That's all, that's what I love about our awards. It's because it's three of us <laughs> nominating stuff, and we're already at the first one, and it's tricky because I love these performances, and you guys know whenever we reviewed these things, I mean, these were. I think we kind of nailed it this year. These performances were fantastic. But when it comes to Bruce Greenwood in The House of Usher, this is a guy that I've loved in everything he's been in. And he's been doing this for so long. And somehow I think he gave a career best performance amidst a Mike Flanagan show where there was like 40 other people that were also giving their career best performances. So I feel I feel bad for saying it, but I got to lock in my vote for Bruce Greenwood. I know I nominated him, but I I don't think I could go any other way. I just thought he was the best. I think you kind of sold me in that. Uh, and and what sold me was you saying Bruce Greenwood played all these roles where you could see him as a good guy, a bad guy, a tragic character, um, doing enough with his performance to not really like you know you're not supposed to like him, but then there are scenes where it's like I kind of like this guy right now. So you're. Totally right. Bruce Greenwood's always kind of been a fringe side actor, but to see him really take the lead and run away with it in a show like this uh, was incredible this year. So I'll also vote for Bruce Greenwood. Yeah, I don't have too much more to add. Um, nothing against Jason Segel and Dar Salem, both awesome. But I think out of everything we've seen this year, the one that captured me the most would be Bruce just sitting on the couch with his drink after drink after drink oh, in front of the fire, so <laughs> seeing seeing Ghost in the background. Um. Yeah. What a what a cool guy. I want to see him in more. Um. In more leading roles. Uh. He's not. He's not in enough. So yeah. He's gonna take my vote as well. All right. Well, officially then, the winner for the 2023 Arn Academy Awards Best Performance of the Year is Bruce Greenwood from The Fall of the House of Usher. All right, everybody. So our next award is for Best Side Character. If you remember. We had two Stranger Things characters nominated for this last year, and one character from Severance, Irving, played by John Tortura, who took it away. Uh, so that is the caliber we have here. Who are our nominees today, guys? Krista Miller as the neighbor Liz in Shrinking. Kihi Kwan as OB in Loki Season 2. And Mark Hamill as Arthur Pym in The Fall of the House of Usher. Objection. That's conjecture, and you know it. <laughs> There we go. There we go. There it is. Yeah, guys, this is a a great list here. This is tricky for me. Yeah. I don't really this know where to start. One. I mean, okay, I'll start with this. And it might, it might be good for me because I'm nominated Mark Hamill as Arthur Pym. But I think, as you guys know, I'm the lowest on that character. I loved him. Great performance. I had a blast with him. Uh, not in the show a whole lot. I didn't really connect with him at all until the final scenes with Carla Gugino. So I was like, oh, OK, he's fine. But so I think my my nomination here for best side character is more of like. Uh, I'm excited about what Mark Hamill is doing, less about the character itself. I think I might be more excited about your guys's nominations, even though I'm excited about mine, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did think Mark Hamill was very good, but I think oh, he is sure. more fitting for a, another award down the road. We might get there. We might get there. <laughs> um, for me with Krista Miller, I just thought her like her character was just like the cool neighbor. Like I want her to be yes. my neighbor. 
and yes. the, and I, I was so latched on and every time she was on screen i was happy it is also such like a turn of form for her as an actress because we're so used to seeing her as kind of the uptight lady from scrubs um and, and seeing her as this like fun likable neighbor was like really different for me with her as an actress so she was by like far and away my favorite side character of this year i liked her performance but her character was also just really cool like you said austin just kind of very, very straightforward to the point would call him out for very his protective. parenting skills and everything. Also took care of his daughter whenever he yeah. was like yeah. fucked up on drugs and alcohol for a long time. Also, her, her banter with her husband was Ugh. so funny. All oh, the time. yeah. <laughs> so good. But I mean, Keith, you, you, have, you have a good nominee here too, Keith. I mean, it's tricky. Yeah, Kihi Kwan is OB in Loki season two. I think he really made season two for me. Um. Yeah, it was really cool to see Key Kwan back in like a a role like this, kind of like because he's always kind of been like that gadgety guy, like from Goonies, and then he has short round to Indiana Jones. So it's kind of cool, to like to have like that more nerdy side of him come back in this. I think what you're saying though, Keith, with with Kihi Kwan and Loki is exactly why I probably won't be voting for him because oh, yeah? I don't think he's really doing anything different as an actor in Loki. Mm. He's kind of playing the role you would expect from him. Yeah, and that's the most recent piece of content we watched for the podcast and he didn't stand out to me even though we even though there should be some recency bias there like krista miller was one of the first actors and actresses we talked about this year and the second i was scrolling through like our everything we covered this year i was like oh easily krista miller like it was it was that easy for me so i feel pretty passionate that she should win this year and because of that i will officially throw my vote for krista miller to win this award if i was voting on performance I think I would also vote for Krista Miller, but because this is specifically best side character, I think I'm leaning towards Kihi Kwan as OB specifically because I can't really see Loki season two existing without him. Whereas with shrinking, you know, having Jason Siegel, having all of the characters in his practice, having Harrison Ford there, having neighbors, having his friends as well that come in later. Like, I think that could have been enough. I thought Krista Miller was fantastic. I wouldn't have wanted to watch that show without her. But it, the, my only difference is, like, I feel like Loki season two, I don't even know what that would look like without OB. So I think begrudgingly, I might vote for him as best side character, not best performance. Because I would go Krista Miller on performance, but I think I'm going to go for side character. I'm going to go uh, Kihi Kwan as OB. I think this one's pretty easy for me. I think I'm going to vote for my own on this one for Kihi Kwan. Uh, I'm kind of with you, Matthew. I think he just kind of made this season for me. Um, I just thought it was a really funny performance. Like I said earlier, I like I like love the nerdiest nerdiness of his character, um, and just the fact that he's just so like chill and laid back in this like crazy TVA. So yeah, I thought Kihi Kwan played it perfect. All right, then. So with that, the Arn Academy Award for Best Side Character goes to Kihi Kwan as OB in Loki Season 2. All right. So our next award is one that I'm very excited about, very passionate about. We might have to explain a little bit uh, in terms of the naming convention here. But the award, of course, is the Rami Malek quote, unfortunately, very bad moment end quote of the year award. And for those that are not familiar with our podcast or this award, this is when Remy Malek was in the hit film No Time to Die, the James Bond movie. And he had a, a review given to him 
the best review in the world that, with that said he was, quote, unfortunately very bad <laughs> in this movie. I've never gotten over that. That's the funniest thing you could say about a bad performance. And so we've retained that for our unfortunately very bad moment of the year. And so this is a fun one because this could, you know, attribute to actors, writing, kind of really anything when it comes to your TV guys. So what are your nominees? My nominee is every episode that John Favreau wrote of The Mandalorian Season 3. Wow. Mine is bringing back George Clooney's Bruce Wayne, confusing everybody even more with the fate of the DC Universe. And mine, of course, is the interesting premise of Secret Invasion, not starting until literally the last couple minutes of the show, and then not continuing or addressing any of said plot points in the Marvels that came out a couple months later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you remember when people were getting just shot in the streets because they th were potentially aliens? Yeah, we haven't seen that. <laughs> Cut to credits. <laughs> My nominee uh, comes from a very specific moment. Uh, when we were talking about The Mandalorian season three on the show and we were talking about like specific instances we hated or certain episodes we hated and we realized every episode we were talking about was one that had been written by our Shit. friend John Favreau. Um, specifically, the episode that stands out is The Minds of Mandalore episode of season three where Whoa. he finally discovers these, these famous minds and really nothing interesting happens. And then it pops up and says, written by John Favreau. And you're like, man, maybe you should <laughs> stop writing for Star Wars. Did you guys actually finish Mando season three? No. Yeah, I no. did. I did. did. But I don't remember it at all. Yeah. It just gets, it gets horrific. Yeah. The last I, three, I, four I couldn't episodes. even contribute because I don't remember anything. What I do remember is the MCU made me watch six episodes of Secret Invasion, promising me that it was going to be like, hey, remember when you loved Captain America, the Winter Soldier? That kind of Bourne-esque, like, spy thriller? And turns out that they were able to do that for one episode, and then the remaining five were not that. And unfortunately, they didn't get to the interesting kind of idea of these scrolls kind of coming into um, an existing planet until the final moments of the show where Nick Fury has one phone call with the president. And he's like, hey, Mr. President, the scrolls need to be kept safe. And the president's like, no, we're going to kill them. And he's like, oh, dang it. I guess I'm going to go off planet with my wife. And then they do that. And then the show ends. And then if you go and watch the Marvels in theaters like I did, Nick Fury's in it, but his wife isn't. The scrolls are. And then they don't address any of that. So I think <laughs> Nick Fury basically just left Earth willing to let everybody that was a scroll die that was still on Earth. <laughs> so and once again, failing to keep a promise to the scrolls. Classic Nick Fury. <laughs> <laughs> there was a moment in the Flash movie when the Flash is back, I guess supposedly in his in his uh, dimension or whatever, and a limousine pulls up, and you think it's going to be Michael Keaton, because Michael Keaton was in the whole movie, but there is a silver-haired man named George Clooney that hops what? out of the car. Yeah, really threw me for a loop, so that that, that might be the worst moment for me this year. This is tricky for me, guys, because I will say I watched The Flash in theaters with Keith, and when George Clooney popped up, I didn't, I, I had no idea it was coming, and I kind of popped off for it. I hate George Clooney as Bruce Wayne and Batman. 
when that moment happened, I was like, that's pretty cool, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there were people clapping in my theater for that. So, But you know it wasn't cool? Not everyone thought it was unfortunately very bad. You know it wasn't cool? And to Austin's point, what was unfortunately very bad was Mando Season 3. And I think he might be swaying me a little bit here. Keith just described uh, the ending of Mandalorian Season 3 as, I quote, horrific. And I just went and looked it up while we were talking. Wow. Guess who wrote the ending of Mandalorian Season 3? Was it Jonathan boy, Favreau? John Favreau. <laughs> well, I think I know where I stand, guys. I think Mando is just really disappointing overall this year. Yeah, I'm sorry, John. I love you, but you really let me down this time. So I'm voting for Mando Season 3, John Favreau. And not to be, like, overly cruel, but it's like, as Austin and Keith know, I've had my ups and downs with Mando, both season one and two. Overall, love season two, but when it comes to the episodes in one and three that I don't love, it does usually end up being Jon Favreau. But also, <laughs> the show itself is him, so even if, like, he writes an episode that I love, it's like, it doesn't matter, it's his baby. So it's like, when season three ended... And I hated it. And like Keith, I barely even remembered it after the fact. I think we got to kind of like put our feet down and be like, hey, you know, season one was what it was. Season two was pretty cool. Three sucked. Are you really going to do more of this? <laughs> like, I don't think you well, should. And a movie. <laughs> and apparently a movie. So my point is, Mando, it gets it. It was bad. <laughs> the key word to this award is the unfortunately because it's something you didn't want to be bad but unfortunately it is bad and um i mean unanimously john favreau wins it wow. please stop riding the mandalorian all right so for the remy malik unfortunately very bad moment of the year the winner is every episode that john favreau wrote of the mandalorian season three so we had an award last year that was based off this man because he was in loki season one uh, he came back in Loki season two. His name is Owen Wilson. Last year we had the Owen Wilson Wow Award, but this time I wanted to switch it up just a little bit. I'm going to give the Owen Wilson Wow, that was random award. What are our nominees? Nick Cage finally making it to the big screen as Superman in The Flash. George Lopez as Uncle Rudy in Blue Beetle. And of course, killing off Rebecca Ferguson in Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 so they could switch her out for Haley Atwell, I guess? Let's swap out one white actress for another white actress. <laughs> That's how it felt. Pretty random. <laughs> There's no room for two. No, you can't have them. I think the killing off of Rebecca Ferguson would almost fall under like bad writing or unfortunately very bad moments. Ooh. For being random, I mean, I, I kind of saw it coming. The second they introduced okay. Haley Atwell's character, I was like, really? oh, well, that's the death That's the death toll for Rebecca Ferguson right there. Um, okay. But Nick Cage popping up in The Flash as Superman, to me, that's random. Like, I, I couldn't even predict that. And he's on screen for so such a short amount of time that it's like, wait, was that Nick Cage? Like, he kind of had to do some Googling after, so... That was a random moment I was not expecting. You know what? I gotta say, you know, begrudgingly, I think Austin got me there. It's like, when it comes to random factor, I was also expecting Rebecca Ferguson to die. It just really made me sad how they, like, immediately transitioned to somebody else, another white woman. Um, we'll see how they do in Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 2 coming out. Who knows? 2025 when. now, I think. Oh, wow. A little delay. So we'll see. But um, 
I'm kind of with you. I think uh, some of these other uh, performances or appearances might be more random than mine because you're right. I think I kind of also expected that to happen. So I think I'm kind of uh, stepping on my own feet right here. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, you guys are selling me on my own award, so I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to lock it in and, and throw my vote for Nick Cage making it to the big screen, baby. Please do. You guys know how much I love Nick Cage. I have to think about it after this award, but it's very fair. He deserves it. No disrespect to George Lopez, though, as Uncle Rudy and Blue Beetle. And never, never. Don't tell Austin. Don't tell Austin. Well, it won't be the first thing George Lopez loses in his life. No! Uh, <laughs> officially, the winner for the Owen Wilson, wow, that was random award, is Nick Cage making it to the big screen as Superman in The Flash. All right, let's get into it. Let's talk about some TV. Uh, we set it up at the beginning. We talked about a lot of good shows this year, and that is the spirit of this award. So simply, what is the best television show of the year? And the nominees are Silo, Loki, and The Last of Us. Keith, I was surprised to see you put Loki as best TV show of the year, given everything we've talked about. I didn't realize when we recorded the episode how much you loved Loki season two. I did love Loki season two. But I do have to confess something, Austin. I don't think it's the best of these three shows. I had to put it out there, though, just in case one of y'all may be leaning that way. I, I really love Loki Season 2. I was very impressed with it, you know, for all the reasons I, we uh, talked about it earlier. But I think Silo and The Last of Us are definitely going to be above it. I don't disagree with you on The Last of Us. Um, I think the main thing for me with that show was going into it, I was like, just please don't be bad. Um, and it was certainly not just not bad. It was very good, very interesting I, for me though with the nature of having played the games i know the story i knew all the twists so was blown away with the performances um and the world building but at the end of the day nothing really surprised me in the last of us but i cannot wait for season two uh for me though with silo i feel like every week ended on a cliffhanger with a more interesting mystery the way it handled time jumps and unveiling its mystery was so intriguing to me and, and was that like man it's it's another week i can't wait for a new episode of silo so that was easily the most like show that had me hooked this year and, and show I couldn't wait to see the next episode of. I'm, I'm with Austin. I would, every episode's cliffhanger just had me going and I just wanted to see, I just wanted to binge it. Um, it was so cool. And I can't wait to see season, uh, season two of it. And I think it's just such a cool, cool idea uh, for a show. So I think it's going to take it. No, no disrespect to Last of Us. I'm also looking forward to the next season of that too. Yeah, guys, this is a fun one. I... I can't really fault it. I've I I nominated Last of Us, but I think I might have voted for Silo as well. I think this might have been my favorite show of the year as well. It really hit me out of there. It just knocked it out of the park. I, I was so excited every week. Um, so that's it. So I think best television show of the year, 2023, is Silo. Put some respect in Rebecca Ferguson's name. Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, we talked about it earlier. We had kind of a lack of movies this year, and some were some flops, unfortunately. So we got to give out the worst movie of the year award. What are the nominees? Blue Beetle. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Quantumania. And I think it's also Ant-Man and the Wasp. Quantumania. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about making it unanimous with the nominees, but... I just really hate Blue Beetle, so I had I to put it out it. there to get it in the category, but <laughs> I don't disagree. It's it's easily Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania. At least George Lopez was good. 
Well, Austin doesn't agree with that well, either. Well, I would I would not agree with that. <laughs> I would say he was one of the worst parts of the movie, but you know, to each his own. This will be the only award Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania ever wins, Hell but officially, yeah. <laughs> uh, the worst movie of the year for 2023 is Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. All right, we talked about the worst. Uh, let's talk about something that surprised us this year. Hell yeah. Uh, that's the spirit of this award. Uh, what was the most surprising movie of the year? And the nominees are Talk to Me, TMNT, and Saw X. I was super happy we decided to cover Talk to Me this year. This was kind of, you know, 2022, we had The Barbarian. That was the big, like, surprising horror movie of the year. In 2023, we got another one, and it was Talk to Me. It was this little Australian film that could um, really kind of blew the theaters out of the water when it made its run to the U.S. And what a fun premise. Like, we've seen this kind of haunting possession story before, but done in such a unique and fun way. Um, taking like party atmosphere and making it scary. There's always that like fun montage I think about with this movie with the that little cool beat playing underneath it when they're doing the possession with the hand. Um, and then also like leaving really interesting threads for a sequel. And I can't wait to see how this movie becomes a franchise. So it was easily the most surprising movie of the year. I, I went into it expecting it to be good. And it surprised me with how great it was. Yeah, it's a fun one for me, guys, because it's like, talk to me, I do think is the most surprising movie of the year in terms of like i didn't know it existed if that makes sense whereas tmnt i knew that was happening that was in the works and then it comes out and it ends up being one of my favorites of the year but then you have saw x <laughs> a movie uh the 10th movie in a franchise where you expect it to be garbage, it weirdly ends up being maybe the best one out of all of them in a very, like, lauded and praised franchise, which is also a weird take. <laughs> so we have lots of different, like, appraisals for uh, <laughs> the films in this list, which is very fun. Somehow they turned it into, like, this just killing machine type movie into, like, a, a really... I don't want to say thoughtful story because it's very it's a very dark story, but very creepy, very thought out story. I could I, you could say as as uh as far as the the original character, uh, but Team and T for me was very surprising because I I didn't I didn't grow up watching uh Team and T at all, like kind of in the background, but I wasn't a huge Team and T kid. So this one I was like, oh man, this movie's gonna flop. Just, there's no way they're gonna come out with the animated Team <laughs> Team movie. Like mm -hmm. this is just this is not going to go well. I just didn't expect anything of it at all. Um, but I was surprisingly blown away by it. The peoples, they gots to go. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> get out of here. Yeah, all the I all the nominated like, Paul Rudd for best side character. I know. I was gonna say, I'm surprised you did it. Matt. <laughs> Dang it! All the big names that came into it and did voices for it: Jackie Chan, and, and then the choreography of like all the fights and everything like that, and then just the way the story was told, it kind of and I and like that it was it was told in a way that someone like me who didn't really grow up knowing the story could understand it. I think we're just gonna go ahead and vote. I saw X was very surprising for me. Talk to me was awesome, but it wasn't. I wouldn't. I don't want to say it was surprising. I was like going into it with high hopes. I guess Team and T would probably be the most surprising overall. All right, I'm gonna keep my vote with Talk to Me. Uh, I, once again, a movie we've, we touched on it, but did not know this thing existed and then went to theaters and was like, 
holy shit, this might be one of the best horror movies of the year. So yeah, got to give it to talk to me. That's my vote. I totally respect where Keith is coming from. But for me, it's like TMNT when it comes to live action or not even live action, just when it comes to like theatrical movies, they've sucked so bad. They can only exist in comics and like Nickelodeon TV shows. So it's like, I was like, all right, Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, love those guys. They've done good stuff with the boys in Invincible, whatever. They come here, they do this, they knock it out of the park. I loved it. Surprised me. I think I got to go TMNT as well. All right, officially then, the most surprising movie of 2023 is TMNT Mutant Mayhem. We've had some surprising movies, we've had some disappointing movies, but what was the most forgetful this year? And the nominees are Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1, Creed 3, and The Continental. Guys, I haven't seen that. I haven't watched it. I know what it is where it, this was like an attempted show, apparently, to like start a fr- like a mini franchise. And it's like, wait, do we care about young Winston? Everybody's answer was no, I don't think so. Uh, where's John Wick is the main question. Um, never watched it. Haven't seen a second of it. But it's getting my vote because, huh, that's pretty stupid. (laughs) Austin and I covered this in the podcast, The Continental. I'm going to vote for that because I've already forgotten everything about this show. (laughs) Minus a few, maybe minus like one or two episodes and a a few character moments. I can't even remember how it ended, Austin. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch it, maybe. I can't remember how it ended either because I forgot to watch the ending. So it does <laughs> definitely fit the spirit of that award because we covered the first two episodes and we were like, hey, we're going to see the finale and see if we get some answers. And then I genuinely forgot that it existed, <laughs> forgot I had signed up for Peacock to watch it. So I got to go cancel that subscription. Uh, and I never finished it. So it will definitely be getting my vote as the most forgettable of the year. It is the perfect nominee because I think we already for- we forgot it was even coming out before we watched it, too. We're like, oh, yeah, they're doing that John Wick show. So for the I Forgot This Came Out Award, the winner is The Continental. Let's go ahead now. Let's get into our favorite award uh. to give out. This comes back from the early days of our podcast when we were doing a little rewatch of the Star Wars franchise. We have officially the honorary Mark Hamill, most improved actor of the year. This is our annual award. We give this out as often as we can. Uh, This is in spirit how good of a job Mark Hamill did going from his horrible performance in Star Wars A New Hope to his incredible performance carrying Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back. He has gotten some regression and some improvement awards since then, but in spirit, this award has always retained the title, the honorary Mark Hamill Most Improved Actor of the Year. And so officially, the nominees are, for 2023, Josh Peck as Kenneth Bainbridge in Oppenheimer. Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker in the prequel trilogy to his performance in Ahsoka. The honorary man himself, Mark Hamill, going from the Book of Boba Fett to Arthur Pym in The Fall of the House of Usher. So this is more of a a career improvement, I would say. Um, was Josh Peck ever bad anything? I don't want to say he was bad, but he was never really good in anything either, except for Josh in Drake and Josh. 
we haven't seen him in a long time. I think he's he's been a podcaster for the past like 15 years or something like that, or Vine star at one point. So we see him with no lines, I don't think, in Oppenheimer. And I was like, well, dude, he's in this caliber of a movie. That's pretty awesome. Even even though he doesn't have that much that many lines, Josh Peck is back. I think he's gonna work he's gonna work his way back into the Hollywood movie game or maybe TV show game. But Keith, this isn't the most improved career of the year, it's the most improved actor of the year. And if he's not I mean, if he's just standing there looking at the camera, can we really say his performance his performance as an actor has improved? It's a very good point. I do think his performance was spot on though in the ten seconds he was in Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> I felt the same way, Austin. It's like, I love Josh Peck. Drake and Josh is an iconic show. The fact that he is in a film about the creation of the atomic bomb and he's pressing the button, I gotta say, did we expect that? I don't think so. But <laughs> um, when it comes to like the most improved actors of the year, it's like Josh Peck. It's like, did we care what he was doing beforehand? I don't think so. Did we care what Hayden Christensen was doing beforehand? Yes, we did, because we kept saying it was terrible. But then he comes back with Obi-Wan Kenobi and Ahsoka, and he kind of knocks it at the park, guys. I think we have something there. That could be something. That could be an award right there. We can't forget about the ups and downs of Mark Hamill, though. I mean, he (sighs) was a laughingstock for us specifically last year with the Book of Boba Fett. Mm -hmm. And frankly, I thought he couldn't recover from the Book of Boba Fett. But then he lands with with Mike Flanagan himself. And now he's, he's (laughs) slated for like three more Mike Flanagan projects because he was so good at at Arthur Pym. So Mark Hamill, I guess you you just can't, you can't count the guy out. Just when you think he's done nail in the coffin, book of Boba Fett comes back and surprises you with his Arthur Pym. Technically, was he, was he actually in the book of Boba Fett? Uh, like live action. Wasn't he just the voice, right? Even if we're only counting his terrible robot voice in book of Boba Fett, he is doing an accent in Fall House of Usher. So we're seeing improvement in the voice <laughs> acting and the live action caliber. We can't forget. I'm honestly, I, I honestly am going to vote for that because of that. I mean, mine was like Hayden Christensen in the prequels. We all know he sucked. And then like, as we've seen him, it's like, hi, I was in the Obi-Wan show. Hi, uh, I was in the Ahsoka show. I, I think Austin knows what he's talking about. This was better. Yeah. I'm gonna vote for Mark Hamill too. I, I th- because we went we went from like an like a robot voice to an actual performance. That's also something yeah. and you know it exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well then, if we're all in agreement, uh, unanimously, the honorary Mark Hamill Most Improved Actor of the Year of 2023 goes to Mr. Mark Hamill himself for his performance as Arthur Pym in the Fall of the House of Usher. All right, everybody, and with that, it is time for our last award. The best movie of the year. And the nominees are... Godzilla Minus One. Oppenheimer. And TMNT Mutant Mayhem. All right, I'll kick it off with mine. Uh, My logic here is a little simple. Um, Godzilla Minus One is the only movie that made me cry this year. Um, Mm. I thought the core emotional center of that story was so beautiful. And not only is is it a freaking Godzilla movie that was making me tear up in the theaters, it was also just an entirely new... Godzilla story that I'd never seen before, and also a new um, World War II story I'd never seen before from the perspective of a Japanese cast and crew. So everything about Godzilla Minus One blew me away, and it's easily my pick for best movie of the year. I nominated Oppenheimer 
this one's kind of just a a no-brainer for me. I mean, this is one of the most anticipated movies of the year with such a huge cast. Everybody knows who they are. The story was told so well. Um, it was a very long movie. I think the runtime was kind of kind of got me a little bit, but that was my only complaint of it. Other than that, I thought the thing was it was it was pretty groundbreaking uh, way to tell that story. And uh, Christopher Nolan, I think, did a really good job on it. So I had to put it in here for that. Guys, TMNT is the best movie of the year. There are so many versions of this property when it comes to, like, being a young person, being a kid, being, like, a teenager, all that stuff. I just feel like this was the perfect timing. Seth Rogen, like, Evan Goldberg, like, they nailed it. And watching this movie, it was fun. It was just fun. And I cannot wait for more of this franchise. They nailed it. They nailed what the turtles are. And I don't know. I just... This is it. This was it to me. This this was the movie. This was the most surprising, the most fun, and just the movie of the year. I, I'm so glad I saw this in theaters. Okay, I'll jump in with Oppenheimer. I think it's an incredibly well-done, well-made movie. I can't take anything away from it. It just didn't stick with me like i like i thought it would um it's like of nolan movies it's one of my least memorable i would say i think like visually and all that it's impressive there's nothing bad about it just for me nothing has really stuck with me about that movie i still think godzilla has stuck with me the most of anything we've seen this year so right now i'm keeping my vote with godzilla i'm gonna go ahead and give my vote to team and t i gotta do it like i said earlier this was one of the most surprising movies for me this whole year. The animation was awesome. All the voice acting was awesome. Um, I'm going to bring back a, a classic criteria. Rewatchability, baby. I can't wait to watch this movie again. And I can't wait for the sequel to come out. So I, I, I kind of like what you said, Austin, about Oppenheimer. I think it was really well made, really anticipated movie. It's Christopher Nolan movie. The soundtrack, the acting, everything. It was great, but there was, I think there maybe was something missing from it. I, th- I think we talked about it more in depth in our episode that just didn't, didn't grab us as it should have. It was hard to follow too. It was very hard to follow. That, I think that was what it was. I think it was just, it was kind of all over the place, but with good acting in there <laughs> and, 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 and good uh, visuals, like you said. I think that's what made that movie, but as far as the story being told, it was, it was pretty difficult to follow. So I think Team and T was just the most fun movie I've got to see all year. So I will go ahead and vote for that. So when it comes to the Arnie's Podcast Awards, guys, the best movie of the year is TMNT Mutant Mayhem. I can't fault it. It's a very fun movie. Um, and I'm excited for the future of the franchise. This is the first time in a long time I've been excited for the Turtles. I think there's a show coming as well in the same theme and universe. So the future for the turtles is bright. All right. So that's going to do it for the Arn Academy awards of 2023 guys. Were there any winners uh, that surprised you this year? Anything that you felt like got snubbed? Ooh, anything got snubbed. I think Krista Miller got snubbed. I still think she's the best side character. That's fair. I hear that. That's fair. I don't know. I don't know if uh, anything got snubbed for me, Austin. I think, I think we all, I think we all reached pretty good conclusions. I see where you're at with Krista Miller, though. That was a tough one between her and Key Kwan for me. I think we nailed it with Worst Movie of the Year. I mean, Ant-Man was terrible. 
<laughs> and the creator good. being the most disappointing. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, then I think that's going to close us out today. Uh, before we go, though, we did just want to take a moment to say thank you. Thank you for listening throughout this year. Thank you for listening throughout the past four years. Um, it's been a really fun ride covering all this content um, and seeing our numbers kind of slowly grow throughout this year. So with that, uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you hit that follow button so you never miss any of our upcoming content. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing us with a friend, we really would appreciate that so we continue to grow our show. Please leave us reviews as well. Even if you don't want to write anything, leaving us a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts really does help us out. At The Arnie's is our social, and thearnies.media is the website. We'll be back next week to take a look ahead at 2024, see what the calendar holds for us when it comes to movies and TV, and see what we'll be covering. So that'll be a fun little preview for next year's content. And lastly, we want to hear from you. So please send us a message on Instagram at The Arnie's or email us thearniesmedia at gmail.com. How'd you like our awards? Anything you say, we'll read on the show and react to it live on our latest episode. That's going to do it for us, everybody. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you soon. See you next year. See you.